0: Welcome to the Places Plus podcast. I'm your host, Alan Cameron. In this podcast, we'll step into the world of shared and public spaces, where you'll learn the strategies, tactics, and attitude to become profitably and successfully involved in the in-between spaces of our towns and cities. Hello and welcome to you. In this episode of the Places Plus podcast, I'm very excited to be discussing the Cape Town phenomenon of First Thursdays with co-founder, Gareth Pearson. Gareth, welcome to the show. Thanks, Alan. Now, Gareth, looking at your LinkedIn profile, you've held various positions, including with TEDx. You've co-founded Shared Working Spaces. In 2016, you were recognized by the Mail and Guardian as one of 200 young South Africans. You've worked and studied in South Africa and abroad, most recently the London School of Economics Notable Cities program through the prestigious Chevening Evening, Scholarship Programme, and today you run Stadium, a firm that helps bring people together through the development of buildings, and you are a partner at Thursdays Projects. So today I'd like to, us to chat about First Thursdays, which you co-founded and has matured into a very popular activity for about a decade, and it continues to have a significant impact on Cape Town and other areas by encouraging social interaction and ongoing economic development, especially in the city's important nighttime economy. And Gareth, before we dive into First Thursdays and how it came about and then the manner it overcame challenges resulting in the legacy that it has had and its current forward momentum, I want to ask you about your background. So you took courses in entrepreneurship and innovation management in your undergrad and then studied complexity theory and systems thinking as well as strategy and innovation in your postgrad degrees, what sparked your interest in innovation and solving complex problems?
1: Sure, I, I mean I ended up following in my tertiary studies quite a general path, where you know I wasn't—I was always interested in cities, considered studying architecture, ended up doing quite a quite a general BCom track uh, that yeah with a. Uh, focus on marketing and entrepreneurship. And, and I think really just, you know, not knowing exactly what I wanted to do. I think I was interested in creativity and, um, you know, solving problems and making the world a better place in some way. So that's kind of the route that I ended up going. Yeah, I'm very frustrated. And I don't think uh, academia is a natural fit for me, or at least the path that I took. I think in my frustration I ended up getting involved in a lot of, uh, sort of extracurricular activities um, in and around campus in Stellenbosch where I studied um, but yeah, I had always throughout that time I suppose tried to find opportunities for, for being a bit more hands-on in that kind of space. I And slowly started to figure out how I could actually um, get more involved and hands-on and have an impact in the city, Um, even towards the end of my studies. And and I think shortly afterwards, you know, I think in finishing my undergrad or or fourth year, honours year, and then from there figuring out what I was going to do, I don't think I ever... I never considered going the path of like working in corporate or working for someone else. Mm. I think I always knew that I wanted to be an entrepreneur in some way.
0: Yeah, I can definitely see that, especially in your career path that you followed at the moment. Coming back to that time in your life, you re- just finished your undergrad and you came up with the idea of First Thursdays. How did you come up with this idea?
1: Yeah, so it was myself and a friend of mine, Michael Timbius, We, I think, together shared an interest in the city and started exploring, I think, just, yeah, just, I think, through, I think we, yeah, we'd met doing, like, these critical mass bicycle rides back then, which happened every month. I think it was, like, the last Friday of every month in the morning. There was a group that would, like, link up at the Baxter Theatre and then ride through into town and pick up people along the way. It was maybe a few dozen people. But Mike and I, I think through that, I think just got chatting and and had this shared interest in the city and had different, different interests in it, different experiences. I had, I think shortly before that, been to Zurich for something, just happened to be there at the same time as they have this annual Night of the Museums event that I just stumbled upon that was, I think, quite a uh left quite an impression on me just this interesting thing that i'd never thought of before i suppose with cultural spaces and museums open open late and on this you know i think loads of different people young and old all kind of jumping on public transport or riding bikes around and going to these different spaces um so that was maybe a similar concept that 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 stood out and back in cape town then with mike thinking about okay well I think there were a few ideas, you know, just, I think us bouncing things around, just really not, with no intention to start a business or anything like that. I think we just liked the idea of being creative and and doing something um, together. Mm. And then we, yeah, I think came across the first Thursdays as a concept, which, you know, is nothing new. It does exist in other forms in other parts of the world and I think at the time I had come across the, the the edition that happened in London. I think so the concept was there, and we thought it would be an interesting thing to try out in Cape Town. At the time, you know, Cape Town CBD was quite different to what it is today. It was shortly after the 2010 World Cup. I think, you know, there was certainly a lot that had happened in the, the, the few years previously. But generally, you know, it was still this city where, you know, People close up at five pm, or you finish up work and you you jump in your car and you leave, mm. jump in your car or public transport or whatever, and people leave the CBD. And five pm, you know, it's like crickets. Not really what a I think our idea of what a good city centre should be. It wasn't that. So it it yeah, the idea was well, if we if this thing works, uh, if you can give people reasons to stick around in the CBD after hours. You know how might that look a bit different? So yeah, it is quite a simple concept of of having a concentrated program of art spaces and art galleries that keep their doors open late. At the time, there was this cluster of of interesting art spaces in a concentrated area, sort of, sort of from Whale Street downwards. And yeah, and we ran it by a few of the galleries, and they were they were open to trying it out. I think the first edition happened September 2012. And it was actually, I think it was, there were six spots on this little map. It was four, I think, four art galleries, one little pop-up exhibition that we put on in an empty, it was like an old flower shop that was vacant. And then another space that was kind of just the front of an office. um, I think where House of Machines is now. It was a, a sort of naval design, like a yacht or boat design company that had a little what they called a gallery in there <laughs> at the front of the office. It was, I think, a few pictures of, of nice boats in the window. And that made up the program of six spaces that, that people yeah people came out to and, and uh, walked between. And it yeah it was like compared to what it is now, tiny, but I think enough Uh, enough of an occasion Mm. that, you know, I think everyone enjoyed it. The galleries were... And came back. Yeah, 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 exactly. That first one, it was, I can't say how many people came to it. I think we'd really just put it out through at the time. I think Facebook worked differently to how it does now and you could actually reach people. Um, And so (laughs) there were maybe a few hundred people who came out uh, at most. Galleries were really impressed and happy that it wasn't the same old art crowd. It wasn't people who came to the, their exhibition openings. And I think everyone who came out to it as attendees really enjoyed it because it was such a novel experience and went away and told their friends about it. And we yeah, we just kept doing it and it grew and grew from there.
0: On that idea of kept doing it, um, what type of, uh, of time requirement did organising a successful First Thursday's activity take in the beginning? And how do you compare that time requirement to today in terms of your involvement?
1: I think the core of it. I mean, there times when we'd been a bit more hands-on and still to this day there's certain parts of the program where maybe we're a bit more hands-on with organizing events or, or things that make up a part of the program. But our primary role since the beginning... You know, we've been acted as custodians of the cultural program, and we communicate the program, and and that's our primary role. So, as people sort of want to participate and come on board, and uh, you know, we obviously like guide that process and help them fit in as best possible. So there's some, yeah, some behind the scenes work there in just allowing people to join the initiative and and figure it out. But it's primarily been yeah our primary role has always been communicating it, and i think the um and so that every month people know that it's happening and you know what to see and do um mm. in a, in a, in and around the c b d yeah it's it's it would be different if you know it was a big event where it we were event organizers but that's not really the nature of it and we it sort of varies depending on how big the program is and i think it's it's It sort of fluctuated over the years. But in the beginning, we had six spaces on that very first program. You know, now it's sort of between 40 and 60, something like that.
0: Dramatic growth and really um, interesting to see the other art galleries and venues within the CBD get on board. Now, you've described your role as, as custodians and communicators of a program. And is that how, how it is? It's a program that um, an a entity in, in that geographic location can join and be part of? Or is there a criteria that needs to be submitted to?
1: There may be two answers to that. One being that, um, you know, I think generally, First Thursdays, at the core of it is the cultural program. And we, you know, we see that as, Primarily sort of visual art spaces or art galleries, not exclusively, it might be other things It might be, you know, music performances or film or all sorts of things like that. Generally, it's always been about access and free access that's changed over the years um where you know in some cases there might be a small fee it's very rare that happen that that happens but i think just with some things we've tried to pull together especially with museums on the program where it's been very difficult to to be able to do that without actually uh having a an, an admission fee even a reduced admission fee um it just becomes impossible so that's something we've we've grappled with over the years but that's the you know that's the core of it and i think it's what makes it interesting and what change that program and exhibitions change every month and it's part of i think what makes people come back because there's always something different to see um, the, ex- the the experience changes every month yeah it's 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 almost self-filtering in a way it if you're doing things that don't really fit within the like sort of within a concentrated part of it it's hard to sustain just because it's it's you have to invest a lot of time and energy in attracting your own audience. If you you know if it's if you're not feeding off that kind of natural foot traffic of First Thursdays.
0: If you were to to look back over the last ten years, um, and decide uh, what are the some of the barriers that First Thursday has overcome working with venues, perhaps. In making venues more accessible, because of the nature of, of of the CBD, there are areas where it's clustered, but other areas where perhaps their it's a, their venues are away from the initial footprint. Um, can you talk about uh, maybe how some of these barriers were overcome in in spreading the footfall, and perhaps also barriers from just doing a program like this for the first time? I
1: think for any I think for any space that's maybe getting onto the program for the first time, unless it's really well located in the middle of the, you know, where things are happening it, and you can just rely on natural foot traffic. Typically, I mean, we always, you know, I think one thing is just consistency and, and, you know, you don't, you can't do it once and expect things to work properly. We've always encouraged people to, if they're coming on board, it's you, to stick it out for at least three months and, you know, slowly people kind of find you and figure out what's going on there. And maybe they come back with friends next time or something like that. Um, and leaning on your own community to, you know, to actually create a bit of an occasion. But over the years, I think we've always, Struggled to activate certain parts of the city. Um, and if you look at kind of where the main activity is in the CBD and along Church Street, and you know, outside of the cultural program, it's more of like a restaurant bar vibe going on in Bree Street. But the between that central part of the program on that side and the East City, sort of more around Ruland Street and Harrington Street. We've always struggled to connect those two sides. I think you just have these voids or they're almost border vacuums in a way where uh, it's dark and quiet and it's not conducive to walking at night. You don't feel safe and there's no like natural connection there. Uh, So you can't, it's a very difficult thing to, to connect. Uh, So, and then where things where you don't have enough of a program or enough activity, it's hard to sustain anything there. So we've always only recently in the last few years and even now it's not completely consistent but you know the east city has quite a bit of energy around it because you have this concentration of of spaces uh, within quite a walkable area so it can kind of sustain itself as a as a hub Uh, but that said it's still very disconnected from the center of town and we we've you know, we can encourage people to walk between the two, but it's, uh, it's not something we necessarily expect people to do. So, th- uh, yeah, that's just, I think, an example of where um, it's hard to... There are a lot of different variables. Um, same thing with Johannesburg, where it's much more fragmented and, and not as conducive to this maybe more organic bit-by-bit growth um, that the fabric of the central city of Cape Town uh, allows for.
0: Yeah, interesting to hear that two regions of that central city have that divide, but at the same time have perhaps a different type of energy and can host or can accommodate um, into you know in programs suited to to their own environment. And even though the east city would struggle perhaps to feed off the energy of of the original first Thursday a program, like you were saying, a Bree Street with the pub and bar vibe, which generates a lot of footfall. Um, you know, it would still be able to uh, attract an audience of its own um, using the, the the reach and the platform that First Thursdays has provided. In the this this project in curating this program, I'm also curious to firstly come back to the idea of the value of extending uh, business hours for uh, retail in the CBD, and what were the some of the concerns that you heard, especially at the beginning when first Thursdays started to gain some momentum. So come back to that idea of uh, the value of extended retail and some of the concerns that uh, people uh, voiced in that period.
1: It's probably worth just, you know, I think even how one thinks about retail, I mean, art galleries, retail shops, bars, restaurants, it's all a form of retail. So it's, yeah, I think for some people, maybe the, the, Maybe there's a bit of pushback or just, you know, I think questioning whether it makes sense. I think naturally and even to this day, I think for a lot of people, you have like a full day of work and your staff have to then, you know, find their way home and Cape Town being Cape Town. That's not always an easy thing. Um, So not to expect staff to stick around after hours. For some people, maybe there's the question mark of whether it's worthwhile. Um, Will people come? It's a big ask for for staff, um, and then you have to put up with crowds of people. And it's, it's yeah, so whether it's it's worthwhile going through all of that. Um, at the same time, I think in the beginning, a lot of people were very, there was sort of this hunger for First Thursdays was creating. And so a lot of new businesses keen to get on that program and to be a part of it because they saw, yeah, saw the benefit of it, I think, also in just getting new people and and feet through the door and 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 to and I think historically other than bars and restaurants that you know I think will typically trade um quite well on first Thursdays. Art galleries or other retail, it's less about you no, know, I think people make sales, but it's it's less about sales on the night and more about discovery and people who who might see something or discover a, a new business and come back, whether it's the next day or or in a few weeks or something like that. And I think that's the benefit to a lot of those businesses.
0: As time has passed, First Thursdays has become an institution in Cape Town's calendar, <clears throat> um, and many, uh, obviously it's enjoyed a, a very, very popular reception with a fairly loyal audience. In the way that the city municipality Um, acts towards the event today versus how it used to act towards the event when it was just getting started are there any differences in the way that the city and the municipal officials act to show perhaps how it's changed its view if it has changed its view on the on the program there
1: were maybe points in the you know in the early days of first Thursdays where there were conversations with uh with the city of cape town and maybe more when there were conversations around how they could support it more directly. But in order to do that, or to let's say access event funding or that kind of thing, it needs to formally be, you know, an event in the way the city of Cape Town sees an event. And that means you have to apply for an event permit and you have to tick all sorts of boxes, like you know, there needs to be kind of law enforcement and toilets and this and that. And we always Pushed back on that. I think we were a bit more subversive in 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 how we went about it. Um, just because we knew we well, one, it didn't make sense to us. Two, we knew it wouldn't be sustainable. Um, yeah, I think realized that okay, that's not the nature of this thing. It's actually something they need to be supporting. It's 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 not an event. It's you know, it's actually just a whole lot of businesses keeping the doors open late, um, and that's what it is. It's it's you know, we're not. There may be smaller events that happen in isolated spaces or a business that might want to sort of, you know, play music on their sidewalk or close a street or that kind of thing. That in itself might be an event. First Thursdays as a whole is really just the city, you know, doing what it should, you know, the city as it should be with businesses trading after 5 PM. And it just happens that a whole lot of people come to it. Um and so that's the way we've always seen it. Um, And I think at some point the city clicked that that is what it is. And they need to kind of come to the party to, I think, because it's so beneficial to businesses uh, and there's such a big economic benefit to it um, that they need to to play a different role, Um, more likely in law enforcement, I think, between uh, the city of Cape Town and the CCID, uh, the Central City Improvement District. there's a lot of behind-the-scenes support uh, just Mm. in, I think, managing the number of people that come into the city for First Mm. Thursdays.
0: Awesome. And uh, about the Central City Improvement District, in in 2016, they ran a survey around First Thursdays, and again in in 2019. And recently, they found that of the people who come, 85% look to buy something to eat, whether they're going to sit down or they're going to buy to, um, you know, pick up and go, take away. And six years ago, the study found that the age group was mostly between 18 to 25. And this changed. The age group, the largest uh, ratio uh, in, the, in, the, in the age range was between the ages of 25 and 34 years. Um, more than 15% of these people were joining with work colleagues and more than 40% had attended more than five times and they said that the the vibe on the streets was by far the, the biggest attraction to keep coming back and when first Thursdays you know considering these stats and the the understanding that when first Thursdays first started it was around uh, galleries collaborating and keeping their their hours you know their doors open for longer um, now uh, people are looking to enjoy the entertainment, um, you know, the bar and um, opportunity to hang out with their friends from a more of an entertainment point of view. Why do you think the, the shift, what happened there? I think, yeah, I mean, from...
1: Those surveys have happened over the years, um, and it's been an interesting snapshot at, you know, I think at how First Thursdays in the audience has evolved. I don't know how, you know, I think with any uh, w- with any kind of survey process, I think there are probably flaws in sampling and knowing, like, the, <laughs> the young people who are recruited to go out on the streets and to complete those surveys. I know from experience what you end up with might not be a 100% accurate reflection on, you know, what's actually going on. Um, but... Yeah, I think from, we've certainly seen, we've actually, I think, more recently seen over the last few years, and I think after COVID, um, and the audience has become much more young, much more diverse, um, it's, that's been very interesting. That said, it's, it's you know, it's not, I wouldn't say it's necessarily dominated by any one group or age group or um, I think the beauty of First Thursdays is, is that it's there's such a diversity of things to see and do that it attracts super diverse group of people. A lot of people now think of First Thursdays as this big vibey street party, or people gonna the people who come out and go to a bar or restaurant and meet friends, and it's a and that's why they come, and that's what they see First Thursdays as um and they might never step foot in an art gallery. And I think from the outside there's that maybe from there's this perception that you know it's less about the art program anymore and it's more about the that party basically. Um, but I think it's it's you know from the inside I can say that the the cultural program is actually, you know, I think probably healthier than ever. There's actually you know, loads of art spaces that are that are active, people doing really interesting things, galleries having exhibition openings on the night. I think it's just that there's, it's so big now that it just happens to be like a lot of bars and restaurants and things happening around the city that that create the perception that you know the art program doesn't really exist anymore. That's not why people come.
0: Awesome. Uh, really nice to hear that uh, the the expanded benefits of. Um, just something that started out as as quite a small uh, program, and how and how it's grown. Yeah, I think the,
1: I think for us, that's really I think it's 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 we're still big believers in the art program being the kind of the core of it, or holding it together. But it's you know for us, it's always been about that urban experience and people coming together in space. And I think that's what's so beautiful about it is it's it's taken on this more sort of uh, a good city should be complex. I think First Thursdays has taken that on where it's not, there's so many layers to it and there's this complexity to it um, that, that, yeah, makes it what it is. And I think people first and foremost come for other people. And because we're so starved of that, I think in South Africa where, you know, South African cities where maybe we hang out in shopping malls or, um, there are very few spaces where we can kind of come together amongst and hang out amongst people who might be different from us or, um, and I think that's, I think the biggest thing. And so whatever the, you know, whatever it is you're coming for or wherever you're meeting up with someone or whether you're walking through art galleries, um, or going to a bar, I think that's, the, the glue of it is I think people and people coming to just be around other people.
0: So I would certainly echo, echo what you said and say um, that is the, in my understanding, also the most significant impact that first Thursdays has on the city. Um, give, me, give me another two strong impacts that the program is, has created in the city. We've spoken about a change of viewpoint from a municipality where previously they were wanting to confine the program into their understanding, so putting it into an event, um, and how that's matured. How else has his first Thursdays contributed to, to the city?
1: You know, I know from, you know, I think anyone in the sort of hospitality industry knows that Cape Town is very difficult winter in Cape Town especially is very difficult to to get through. Cape Townians don't like going out in winter and we don't have as many tourists in town um, over that period and I think for a lot of people, this is on top of hospitality being extremely difficult already I think for a lot of bars and restaurants and we've heard this from many different people over the years, how big a role First Thursdays plays that one night a month, I think just the amount of trade that bars and restaurants do on that night, how it carries them through winter, I think just because of the sheer amount of revenue they make on that one night that allows them to actually, you know, get through the month and pay their staff and pay their overheads and come out the other side. Um, So I think there's that, you know, if it wasn't for First Thursdays, I don't know, you know, if something else would fill that void, but um, it's, I think there's a very... Yeah, I think a very big economic impact that it plays um, in that regard.
0: Can I suggest the success of First Thursdays in um, keeping people in the CBD after five and also attracting people to the CBD after closing? You initially spoke about how um, once, once uh, office hours ended, um, that then the CBD felt quite quiet. And First Thursdays models what it would look like if this wasn't the case and has been modeling it for the last 10 years. Do you see that understanding echoing into how people interpret and use the CBD?
1: Yeah, I think for sure. I I think that I mean that I think is along the lines of 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 what I was going to say. I think with you know part of the certainly my own personal you know, I think motivation in the beginning in starting first Thursdays was how do you create a more livable CBD? How do you create a CBD that people actually want to be in or want to live in? And I think that's certainly, you know, over the years as it's kind of grown. And, you know, I think there's, you know, even just seeing other businesses open or I think also because I think because of that economic impact, it gives people, entrepreneurs and people reasons to then kind of, I think, believe in the city or you come to First Thursdays and you think, oh, cool, I actually want to start something myself or a big brand maybe wants to open a retail store or whatever it is. But over time, sort of those more physical spaces, I think it's been interesting to see how that kind of center of the First Thursdays program has and how the city has changed where places have opened further down and it kind of stretches out and where 10 years ago it would have been... You know, a big ask. You know, to ask someone to walk a few blocks down Bree Street, and so on any given evening, it's not like first Thursdays. First Thursdays is always busier than an average night, but um, you know, there's a vibe in the CBD. People are there. Are businesses that are open that you know weren't open before. The I think there's this contribution to the to this ongoing regeneration of of the of the city centre um and first there's this plays a role in that um not you know it's not uh, the only thing but i think it plays a big part in it um and so you end up with i think where it is now which um you know there's a lot more going on um there's a lot more investment in the cbd there are a lot more residential uh uh, new developments and building conversions and just available Kind of residential stock in the CBD, I think just opportunities for people to live in the CBD. Um, whether or not it's affordable is a different question, but I, th- I think that's certainly changed. I think if I think back 10 years to where it started, um, I think it's had quite a positive impact in that in that sense.
0: Very much so. Now, often um, you person can look at the success of First Thursdays and I'm sure um, other municipalities or players interested uh, would say, "Well, what would it take to start their own version um, in their own municipality?" In the, um, if you were to give some some basic formative advice uh, to municipalities or or interests asking those questions of their own CBDs, what what would you say?
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't think uh, a municipality is <laughs> the right. Entity through which to do this sort of thing. I think it needs to come from the come from the ground. Yeah, I knowing from experience, you know, it can work in various forms. I think this concept of First Thursdays, I think every city or district or space is different. So it's not, it's a very difficult thing to replicate. I think looking in at South African cities where it has happened in other in you know, in some form or another in other spaces, including in Durban, including in Joburg. We've been more involved in in, uh, first those days in Joburg, but that's been quite difficult because you just, compared to Cape Town where you've got a CBD that is generally quite walkable and relatively safe and the urban fabric of it allows for, um, actually just allows for businesses and retail to incrementally you know, grow outwards. We found in other areas where you, you know, there's just the physical form of it just doesn't allow for that. It's, you know, in Joburg, especially where there's maybe a little cluster of spaces or galleries where the, a program can exist. And I think that's the first thing of having like a concentration of spaces that make up a program that's, you know, walkable. And then for, interesting things to be happening there and for pro- the program to be changing. And I think that's where the art program, as I said earlier, makes a lot of sense because those exhibitions change every month and the reason for people to come out to it and for the, for that to change that in some spaces, there's just a limit to that. So I think that's been quite a an interesting, an interesting thing, but I think the simple advice would be focus on a, you know, a concentrated area where there's a, a, a number of, you know, different spaces, within those spaces, something that changes every month, and to be consistent, I think, to just actually stick it out. It doesn't help if you try it once or the next month, you know, two or four places, you know, are closed or it's it needs consistency and it needs to be able to grow. Um, yeah, but otherwise it's a fairly basic concept, and I think done in the right way could actually – you know, it could actually work quite well in a lot of, um, a lot of other areas or towns or, or, or cities. It just needs, yeah, it needs people. It needs people to <laughs> take part in it and it needs people to attend it. And, yeah.
0: Gareth, before we finish off, I want to know, sorry, I want to come back to that previous point And the idea of just adding people is also a virtuous cycle. Um, as you were talking about uh, First Thursdays and the value that it offers the Cape Town CBD, um, people enjoy other people. And hopefully in other environments, um, that will uh, be the case as well, where a instrument like First Thursdays can uh, create stronger communities by people coming together to socialise and interact and build trust with one another. Before we finish off, Gareth, what book, fact or fiction, would you find yourself passing on to others in the last twelve or six months?
1: One of my favorite things to do is actually like browsing secondhand bookshops and finding books and I buy a lot of books. Admittedly, in the last twelve months, I've been in a bit of a like reading rut. I think I've just been super busy and haven't gotten to a good rhythm r- into a good rhythm of reading anything. Um, anything new or exciting um that said what i have picked up in the last year is a pattern language which i've never read before i know a lot of people in architects or people interested in cities um and design you know might have read it i think it, i would say it's certainly a must read i think it's I can't recall when it was published, maybe the 70s or something like that, but it's such a fantastic, almost first principles guide to humanity in a way. It's like how people inhabit space, no matter how much things change or how we think we're inventing the future. I think there are those fundamental things of how people inhabit space, whether it's at a kind of community level or at the scale of a room or and I think it's certainly relevant for First Thursdays and those kinds of ideas I've really enjoyed. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. So that would be the one.
0: I'm going to link that in our show notes uh, to, to make sure that others can get hold of it. I want to say another question, which is, who else would you love to hear on this podcast?
1: I'd actually say Guy Briggs, who is the head of urban design at DHK Architects mostly i mean guy is a fascinating person and has is involved in so many projects around cape town at an urban design level i think that he'd be an interesting person to to speak to every interesting project that i look at or speak to people about it seems like guy has had a hand in it in some way <laughs> and i think he's been practicing for quite a number of years and probably has a yeah just like a great view onto kind of the city at more of a um, in, in terms of the, like the physical fabric of the city, but also really, you know, I think understands, I think how people use space and. And he's a nice guy. Super nice guy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to take your advice, Gareth. Thanks for coming on the show. I've really enjoyed speaking with you today, and I'm confident that others would have enjoyed hearing what you had to say. So thank you very much for that.
1: Cool. Thanks for the opportunity, Alan.
0: Finally, though. Where is the one place listeners can go to find out more about you and your work?
1: Yeah, my so Stadium, which is the umbrella under which I'm now sort of doing most of my my work. The Stadium website is stadiumplaces.co.za. Yeah, and that works evolving all the time. It's it it started as sort of a property development venture, but has evolved into. Uh, a mixed bag of of things where which has actually been really great um yeah so that's that's kind of the home for for
0: what i'm doing fantastic well certainly have that linked up as well at placesplus.ca now gareth thanks so much
1: cool thanks alan cheers cheers
0: thank you for joining us on this episode of the places plus podcast If you want to develop special, public and shared spaces, email me, alan at placesplusco.za.